another late development, and this news keeps coming in as we're talking here. Welcome, welcome to another episode, the last episode of this book, man. I'm we, I'm hot right now, but we back in it. Books and Beyond Mail Book Club, the completion of our first books. This is a this is an establishment moment right here. We have a lot of things to be thankful for. We got to finish the completion of our first book for you know four weeks in the making. Uh, Black is finally dirty thirty. Celebrations to the admin. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday. He's turning up this weekend. Oh, Rob, go ahead, Rob. Let him know. Hey, I'm going to turn up with you. I'm, I'm going to do a remote turn up thank, with you. Thank, thank you, thank you, fellas. Remote turn up, baby. We, we all, in this joint. We all can't turn up because we got to work today, but you know, we, <laughs> we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> Stay hydrated, fellas. But uh, this is the Books and Beyond uh, Book Club. My name is Hero. I'm your host for today. I have Rob Black, and uh, the one of our four horsemen is down, but uh, he, he's definitely going to watch this a little bit later. He'll probably creep in. He'll probably, a few people will probably creep in. Shay, he'll probably creep in, but uh, we're going to complete out this book, and uh, we're looking at, uh, I think, chapter 16 to 20, but real quick, you guys, how you doing, Rob? What's good? Man, every, every day above water is a blessing in my eyes. I'm doing good. That's what's up, what's up? Dirty 30, uh, Black, man. What's it like joining the club, man? Welcome to the club. What's man, up? Man, I, I, I done seen the white light already. Yeah, it's nice, <laughs> ain't it? It's nice. He went from an Apple Watch to a gold Rolex it looked like the other day. I was like, <laughs> damn. He my, boy, my boy gave me a Movado. Oh, that thing <laughs> looked pretty. That was pretty right there. Yeah, my boy gave me a Movado for my B-Day. I need friends like that. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's what I was saying. He, he pulled that motherfucker out. He like, oh yeah, this y'all gifts. gifts. We have the matching joints already, already. And um, man, there's so much uh, we can go into right off top. I there's a part of me that's like, man, fuck this book. <laughs> <laughs> but we gonna we gonna finish it out. We gonna finish it out. And then there goes the spread. Y'all, if y'all know where Black live, y'all got an, an open invite. But if you're watching this on YouTube, the money our, tree up. It's already too late. Um, money tree is up. We are talking about chapter 16, and chapter 16 was kind of quick and sort of like one of those recon type things that uh, Freeman does uh, uh, throughout the chapter building. Freeman is constantly roaming the streets doing recon. It sounds it like sounds petty in a sense of what he's doing, but he's just like mopping the street. And uh, a lot of distinctions came into place. The attacking of the cop car when they arrested that kid, uh, drinks with the drinks with uh, the the mother, and uh, what was this other one I put down here? Appeal to the rebellion, like. How how do you appeal to the rebellion and uh, walk and just walking with freedom? But just off top, uh, Rob, what was there anything about chapter sixteen that kind of stuck out to you? Um, sixteen, like you said, was was a pretty slow chapter for me. Um, I mean, he mentioned how he he didn't really interact with 
with with Caucasians or whites until he ended high school. And then when he ended high school, it was kind of 50-50. He talked about kind of grabbing, he talked about uh, the rebellion against the police as well as um, him grabbing drinks with Shorty's mom. I think that was the character's name. Um, but outside of that, it was, I feel like we yeah. could have done without this chapter. Yeah, 16 could have, was a, was, I feel like 16 was a filler episode. Uh, yeah. It was just a lot of black was there something in 16 that caught you? I know you read this book three months ago, so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. man. It, I don't even, I'll, I'll remember 16 to be that. It's, it's, it's true. Like, 16 yeah. was quite weird. I will draw attention to one I thing. I was supposed to reread it this morning. It was a conversation with Shorty's mom about how if Freeman fails the kids now, it's over for them. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Now, I remember. yeah. Like, that was the one defining thing that it was the first time I saw someone apply pressure to Freeman in the sense of whatever you got going, bro, is cool. But they're banking on you, whether like because Freeman's ready to die any day, but him being dead doesn't help them. And this is sort of the foreshadowing setup that I was like, is this a Chekhov's gun? Like, is this it's almost one of those things where, you know, in like these movies, you'll see like the, the teacher die and now the student has to take over. But that's not really what happens in the real world. If your mentor dies, you fucking lose it. Like you probably aren't going to make it because you probably don't have everything you need. But for some reason, the mentor dies, so all of a sudden, you know everything he knew. Yeah, that part kind of scared me, but we can push on to 17 because... Yeah, that- I, I, it was something exclusive about 16. It was the fact that Shorty Adams was doing dope now. He was a, he was mm-hmm. a fiend now. Yeah, that's how and then it, the thing was, like, he was wondering, like, his, his mother wasn't trying to understand that, like, a lot of parents don't. She yeah. tried to justify how much he used. Yeah, versus, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like, yeah, like, like, yeah, mom, she don't, he gone. You know, you got to either stop it. You know, yeah, he, he, you know, ain't no coming back from where it was. And mom's one trying to understand that. She's like, yeah, he don't do it like everybody else do it. But next week, her TV going to be gone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, real life. So pushing with 17, we, this is also, this from 16 to 20, they're poking holes in Freeman's plans, man. They're testing Freeman because we remember in chapter 14, he talks about how they don't want to go at on the third night. They're going to start. But unfortunately for them here, they're already into night four of the riots and they haven't made a move. So Freeman's plan is already being like put under pressure and it's this showing it's it's resolved. Um, the riots are being used to deflect attention away from the Vietnam War. And I think that's crazy because there's a parallel here for us, but it's sort of the opposite. Uh, America is in general since after a 9-11, okay with blowing up or killing. Like we are oblivious to it. If you ask the common American, hey, where do you think our troops are stationed right now? If I told you we had troops stationed in Japan and North Korea, would you believe me? And they'd be like, who are we fighting there? But we got people there. So it's like kind of crazy to talk to people now and hear their perspective on this. Black as a you got person, people everywhere. Yeah, black as a person who's in the military, uh, who served in the military. Do you find it strange that they are using these riots to deflect from them? Like, is this something that's a normal protocol? Like, is it well, as far as you saying as far as the war, like what they do in 
back home to avoid people talking about, about it. the war because you know the, for us in retrospect the Vietnam War was a a, a lost a lost battle for us like we had no mo- business mo- most most like most of the war any any war to end in the truce is a loss exactly so the deflection of using the the riots is it, is this a tactic you could see them using today uh for me I don't I never like for them to update people about what the fuck was going on over there while it was going on I, I never understood that. Like the American people, if they want to know, they'll join. Like we don't need to tell people exactly what we're doing because that's how they fucking find everything else out. The more talking we did is how everybody found everything out over there. So I always was against that shit. So I don't care what they do to avoid the civilians knowing because if the civilians know, that means the enemy know. So if we in fucking, we station anywhere, we like, you know, the military is like the Avengers, bro, in real life. They we are every single where every place in the, in the world that you think we not place that we can't be we are there. It's not like you know Americans ain't somewhere around us everywhere in this world. All right, all right, hey, Rob. If you're if you're if you're Freeman right now, and you got twenty eight dead, none of them white. Like what's stopping you from calling your boys to the street? And there's a there's an issue I have here with Freeman where he has the ability to prevent these 28 people from dying just by having his people on the streets. What what's what's your hold up? Do you have a hold up with him delaying this? I actually it was actually one of the one of the calls that I appreciated the most about Freeman because in my eyes he really showcased his discipline and his willingness to stick with his plan of the long game even when let's say that third day came and went and he didn't strike right it was because the National Guard wasn't where he wanted them to be so he was like I'm gonna just wait till they fall exactly into my trap and we'll talk about what happens when they fall into the trap this is a valid point. His patience. And, he has and, a pa- Go ahead. Yeah, and also you don't want to act off of anger or anything yeah. like that. You don't want to make a move off of emotion. So you want to make sure mm-hmm. you're doing everything when you're better. You know what I mean? And, That's you know, always gonna, the best thing for everything. We're gonna learn a lot about emotions, emotions from the Colonel uh, <laughs> a little bit. But before we go to him, I want to. That's what you want to call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If all five, seven of them. Uh, before we go then, I'm going to talk about the uh, terminology that was used to describe uh, the rights. The thing that needs to be made abundantly clear is that they are not acknowledging the fact that uh, this these rights and these actions aren't being take aren't taking part due to like you know people from the gangs. They think that there's like communists, Germans, uh, somebody else is in insurgent. They called the brighters Marxists. And I found that to be so fascinating because if you look on any Black Lives Matter, anti, anti-Black Lives Matter uh, forum, their number one reason for not supporting them is because they're a Marxist organization. And I found those two words, like the fact that those words were being thrown at protesters back then, and now it's our own people throwing it at our, our own protesters is baffling. Rob, do you see an issue with the fact that language of our oppressors is now being spewed out by our own people? I, I read that, honestly, and I kept moving. I, I was more so focused on um, Freeman and kind of seeing his plan be executed. So like I read, I was like, damn, this is crazy. But it's like, I want to see, I, I want to see what Freeman, 
what Freeman really is about. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. That's absolutely fair. I guess the only reason why I stuck to it is because the most powerful form of like uh, engagement to get the people going is already been told to us is, is black people's propaganda. When we speak, we speak from a soul. So when the, when our oppressors have figured out that, Oh, you know what? We just need to get somebody on their side to say what we want to say. It's going to make it easier on us. Get, get the black person to call the black person racist and the white person don't got to worry about it. So I just wanted to draw that parallel, but let's push on to it because we get to meet uh, the five, seven Brigadier Colonel. You feel me? <laughs> Big five, seven. <laughs> five, seven, bro. He's five, seven. I wrote it down. I was like, oh, you, go, I'm going to bring this up because you know, you, the way Freeman, Freeman has described everybody, but he only describes people's features when it's a defining attribute, I'm like, pretty Willie, we know he's the light-skinned one. Like mm-hmm. the, the, But like, if you really sit here and thought about what the general looks like, you don't really remember or know. Yeah. But he he took time, uh, the, uh, the dude that he beat up with the judo chop in the beginning, we know what he looked like. He said, he said he had a red neck. Like, he literally said that. So, like, we know what these cats look like. So it was kind of baffling to me when the colonel showed up. And it was this level of incompetence that really said something to me like, damn, is this front line uh, that's supposed to appease the people really just that simple? A bunch of idiots with just better armor. Like, do you have any response to that? Just his description and how their approach went? That's you, Bob. Okay. um, uh, It's the army. So... Off back, you're not gonna get the best military mind in the world, bro. The army sucks. You like if if you watch any ever war movie, if you know anybody that's in the military, you, you know they're not the, they're not that you're not. It's the army, bro. That's why that's why I always tell people don't have to worry much about the national guard because they're they're fucking civilians with like um they did boy scout training. They, that's literally how Freeman described them. He said they were just boy. They were they were police officers with more armor and more guns. That's it. But it made them that much more dangerous because if you think about the training differential, it's just that much again. Did you see a significant jump? Do you think these people were were just looking to create harm and havoc in the ghetto, Rob, or were they actually part of that whole fear mongering? Like they thought they were being attacked. Yeah, just fear. I think. Um... <clears throat> I think the interesting thing was how, like you mentioned earlier, how the government was basically saying, um, oh, this ha- there has to be some sort of communist behind this, right? Yeah. Behind these attacks. It can't just be Black people being strong. And I feel like in, in those statements, you're uh, undermining or you're underestimating your opponent, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like when it comes to the National Guards, honestly, I feel like some of them just wanted to bust a few heads. Yeah. And the speech that the colonel gave was sort of like, we're here to restore law and order, which is a phrase yeah. that our orange Oompa Loompa uses quite often. The 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 propaganda war type mongering language, it's just baffling to me to hear like Americans cheering for the use of mili- militarized force on their own citizens. And you you got to remember that the National Guard is not 
it's not set up to be to go to war. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're only set up to like they're like the helping hands that bring the sandbag for the storms and stuff like that. That's what they're set up for. They train for that type of shit. So when the stuff goes down, that's who they send for that. So that when they come and stuff like that, they all operate all fear. So they they anything that goes down, that's why they were shooting so many motherfuckers. Definitely, definitely. But now let's talk about the plan, the setup, and uh, Uncle Tom. <laughs> I love the fact that he used he once again it's just like taking the N word back. He he took that Uncle Tom and he made it his own. The let's talk about the first the first set of heists because there was multiple of them, but the first one was probably the most uh engaging. Um blowing up the mayor's office and him calling the beat and just calling the leave tips and just how the news reacted to it. Uh, what was it about these chain of events? Is there anyone that stuck out to you that you really enjoyed, Rob? It was, I, I found it pretty comical that he called the Chicago Sun-Times. It was like, <laughs> in about 45 seconds, this is going to happen. Well, actually, 35 seconds now. Yeah. And then it actually, like, he was like, are you still there? And then, like, you could tell that the bomb went off. Yeah. Right? And I was like, yeah, Freeman ain't playing now. From yeah. that point on, I was like, "Oh yeah, I gotta take my time reading the rest of this book because it's about to get real." Yeah, that, that's when I, that's when I started rereading lines right there. That's what it's things that I like because he's so smart. You know, sc- jamming their scanners, even putting one of the tail scanners in one of their vehicles. So as they're driving around looking for the shit, it's in their trunk, booby trapping some of the mics. So when they touch it, they get shocked. It's just like it's 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 the most it's the most demeaning type of torment because you know if you was head up with this person you could blow their heads off but you can't you don't even know who you're fighting so it just makes it more easy but this is also a part another part where i had a problem because freeman wasn't there freeman might have been there to antagonize the opponent but he wasn't there for the defense of the people and i found it Mm. to be kind of distasteful that he was willing to sacrifice 122 more people died throughout the course of these events. So every night he would go out there and poke the bear, but then during the day when they're attacking the people, he's just sitting there with his hands up. Freeman well, has okay. A- Acting in the daytime for a vigilante is not really the best move. No, no, ab- like absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But like, and, what, and the thing for him, it wasn't so that that much. Like, remember, his whole thing is to get the people on his side. So if he's on out there, he's doing all the action. The people would be like, they'd be like, all right, there's just crazy shit going on between these people. But if they don't see their part in it, like if you're not, if, let's say you got to, um, you find some money and you put that shit in your pocket, but you don't know where it came from. So you ain't thankful to nobody. You just found some money. Bam, thank God. But you find some money and a nigga, you see the nigga who put it there for you. Like he's specifically putting that money there for you or got your back. That's what, that's what he wants them to have. He wants them to be able to be like, all right, cool. They got they out here. Let's find out how we can help them. And the thing is, he, he but he's still using his people as cannon fodder, and that kind of bothered me. I, well, I get now, the now, idea. Now to see the war, but but everyone didn't sign up for that war. Some people but, are just re- relegated to the ghetto. Go ahead. Yeah, but, but the same. T- oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, bro. I'll go after you. It was more so that they not signed up for, but like they going outside and they going to get into that shit. So it's not like they begging them. They already know what they're not supposed to do. So if you're not really part of the movement or you're not trying to join the movement, stay out the way. I mean, but he can't can't delegate that because he's not, remember, he's not, it's not a public club. 
so everybody know about it. So he can't like put up a um, thing like, yeah, stay in the house. So that way everybody know who they are. So they right now he's still moving in the shadows. But everybody I mean, knows who they are. And the reason why, I, and the author did a great job of explaining this. We're talking about the time, uh, the the time that they had a some a bunch of random people just shooting with handguns from the rooftops, and it drew the fire of the military and end up killing a bunch of people who were following the rules, who were in the house at curfew. And it's, but they're scared though. They're, like I told you, they're not, it's the National Guard. No, like, for sure, you don't for count sure. them as like super trained individuals. They're just out there. That they, they really pretty pretty much just pick up trash for the most time. And now they out there scared because they don't know how, they don't know, like they're we guns. don't really train. Yeah, they don't really train for like city combat. They train for the people that you know that they're at war with, like which was Vietnam, and they weren't really prepared for that shit. That jungle warfare is, is way different than what they were trained for. So now you have to train specifically for everything you do, and then now you have a impromptu fucking mission that you never trained for. Now you just in a shit, and you're white, and you're already around all these people you already fear and want to kill. No, for sure. Go ahead, Rob, with that idea you wrote on. Yeah, and, and I was gonna say, I think the thing that we all should keep in mind was that Freeman's plan didn't only, um, wasn't only specific area-wise to Chicago. He had fractions all over. And I feel like if you show your hand in the daytime to Blackest Point, you're going to be a picking, uh, um, an easy target, as well as I'm pretty sure everyone will collapse in. And I don't think Freeman wanted that yet. He was like, I'm gonna just keep picking the bear, picking the bear. And then I'm gonna I'm a hide into the, you know, I'm a hat in the daytime. And then eventually when I want them to come, they'll come. And then that's when my fractions will get active. The guerrilla warfare tactics worked in Vietnam and drew the biggest army in the world to a truce. So it's only believed that it would work in the streets of the country as well. So then we talked about the bombing, but now let's talk about how they kidnapped my homeboy. Five seven, big five seven. <laughs> oh, big, uh, big five seven colonel. The, the implications of them taking their leader was pretty pretty satisfying. But I think it was even more satisfying is when they drugged him with the LSD. That shit had me dying. When he said he loved black people, he met some of the finest black people in his life, that shit had me dying. It's further proof that they condemn the things they don't understand and refuse to cross the line. Like, if drawing this to a simpler parallel like if you let's say for if you don't have if you have a problem with gay people right it's not on you to sit there and try and dictate how like why to hate them there's so many other facets of your life you could live through vicariously without ever coming in contact with them but the thing that that draws racism away from everything is i can't hide that i'm black i could walk up and down the street for days and no one would know if i'm straight or not it's not a two. I you could literally see me hang out with numbered straight dudes, and you still couldn't be like he's gay. It's not until I confirm that with you. But when you're black, you can't get rid of it. So how important was it for like I I there wasn't a, this was once again just them fucking with Whitey as they always say. But the taking down of the National Guard did that definitely that was a morale booster for the Cobras. Do you think that 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 push is necessary. Like you need some type of gratification. You need something like that in Freeman's plan. Cause this is the first time they're, they're coming to action. So you can't really dictate a win and a loss in this situation other than making it home alive. 
So do you consider them kidnapping and putting him through the trials, Rob, to be something to brag about? I think I think how they captured him was more so interested in them doing it because I think earlier in the book it spoke about how they drained the pools and all that, right? Yeah. And then the pool ended up being their interest to where uh, five yeah. seven was. Yeah. I was like, that's that's cold. You basically yeah. took something away from the people, and the people used that item or uh, that area that you took away to their yes. advantage. Yes, that you know is what I mean, awesome. I was like, that, that, that's, that's dope. awesome. It's it's the same thing with the metal detectors in black schools. It's somebody was went to Chicago. Chicago uh, Chicago has some of the worst gun violence in the in the country. Okay, shut the fuck up. But guess where Chicago shootings, school shootings are least likely to happen? Chicago public schools. Wonder why? Because they got six officers roaming the hallways at all time and metal detectors at every door. So the thing you use to oppress our kids is the thing keeping us safe while 132 other kids, prefer, uh, unfortunately white, are being shot by their, oh, Timmy's fine. His dad has how many guns? He's fine. Don't worry about it. He's, he, he's just, you know, he, he's let boys be boys. And then Timmy come up in there and start shooting. So white people are like, especially the system, I say white people, but I mean the system, they're constantly trying to find ways of oppressing us and as black people we we adapt we 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 don't die we multiply baby's kids man we survive <laughs> but uh that's uh, a few more things for 17 uh i was talking more about communism uh in the the colonel's crib they kidnapped them so then let's hit up 18 real quick right and the revenge plan it's now officially go time uh they bring in the big boys, like the M4 peak boys, like it's time. Like, oh, okay, we gonna start bringing people in. Uh, and they they kill six officers, six National Guards, six officers in the first night. Injured twelve, and about twenty two, like uh, injured, like so twenty two, like twenty two in total were basically hurt or killed. And they ramp up these attacks, but the parallels, there's one specific thing here, like we're talking about all the attacks, but the conversations about the rats really piqued my interest. Was there anything about that that, that conversation or was there something specific you wanted to talk about in 18? It's you, Black. Black's still on mute. Yeah, go ahead, Rob, go ahead. So I think, I think, I think before getting into that, I, yeah. what I found interesting was a conversation within the Cobras where uh, Freeman basically said it's go time. Let's actually uh, let's actually start showing them what we made of. And then Stud basically said, "I want to go on a solo mission." Mm. And yes. I think earlier in the book, uh, Freeman told Pretty Willie. I think he said it was Stud is going to actually love killing, yes. just for the sake no, of killing. Right. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Right. So it's like so it's like seeing that. And then Freeman basically telling him, oh, I'm going to go on this mission with you just because I don't want to give the impression that I'm giving you special treatment. Stud show during that first mission, what Freeman said earlier in the book was true. Because remember, they shot the guy and then they said he died before he touched the ground. Well, Stud shot him. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, what, what, like, what, I, what I like about it is that he didn't let him just go out there. Because yeah. he's never, never been out. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go with you just you know, just to make sure you Freeman was going Freeman was going to keep him in check. 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, I feel like he was going just to make sure he, he made it back because he, because he was, he knew he was, he one of the best shooters, right? So, I gotta go with you to make sure you do everything correct. So you go out there and, and you shoot, and then they key in on your building, and then it's a way they can get you because they can surround that building and they can move separately. So that's why Freeman was at a separate building. So when it, it's, it's always best to have more than one sniper, like yeah. except for when you it depends on where you at, and, and you know, but it's definitely always good to have another person with you. Yeah, definitely. No, you're absolutely right. The callbacks in this chapter is bearing fruit because when they talked about the whole bloodletting, I was like, okay, this is all right. We get it. Like, but now seeing it come back full circle, that's awesome. Uh, I'd like to call. Uh, was there anything else you want to call attention? Because the rats segment was the only one that really caught my eye in this part. Mm-hmm. The rat, the conversation about the rats and the the nature of rats, how. I, it don't matter what type uh, black said this like two episodes ago it don't matter what type of rat it is raccoon rat bat rat 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 black people don't like them and we purposely hunt these motherfuckers because we don't like them like they, they live where we live and they are constant reminded that we are not where we're supposed to be but rats aren't afraid of humans mm-hmm. they just they just understand it's easier to get out of our fucking way like when we show up move out of the way they'll leave and then we can go back to doing whatever we want. They like pigeons, though, depending on wherever you're in, because they won't move. And they will chase you. Because I've never been chased by a I'm fucking rat. I'm going to chase by the <laughs> <laughs> In a project, bro. I'm on my way to take out the trash. You know, you know, we got the incinerators in the project. Yeah. The rat was on the porch. And that mother looked at me. I look at it. I take a step forward. That motherfucker came closer. And then it just started darting at me. I'm like, this motherfucker chasing me? Gotta got a punt hey, and then uh, in my project building we had like the incinerators in the middle of the floor. Right in right? there, right by the elevator. So right off the elevator. So what we used to do as kids, we used to we used to hate taking the trash out because on some floor so what, what people do is just swing the trash around the corner and run. But yep. me one day I'm like, man, I'm about to see what's in these rent. So I walk into I walk into the incinerator, drop it. Well, the rest start chasing me like the movie Will. I had to get up out of there. <laughs> oh, God. Boy, I watched Will the other day, too. I'm like, oh, shit, man. Big Ben, well, do not fuck around, bro. He just look at you like, hey, go get him, y'all. That's hilarious, too. But he was just talking about how, like, uh, the duality I, I pulled from it was like how some, there are some people in our community who are just, vi- they're like the rats, man. They're, until you approach them they won't do nothing but they'll remain docile i feel like freeman is that aggression he's poking these people to hey you don't have to take this i know avoiding whitey is a lot easier but we're in a corner now so this is when all the propaganda started to really pick up and 18 was pretty short unless you got something to cover because 19 is what i had next no, I think yeah, I think eighteen was stud was the stud show. Yeah, pretty much, and he was he was knocking them down. The fact he shot that dude again on the ground, I was just I was like, damn. I it's called a dead was, check. It's a double tap. Make sure. Yeah, you got you get you got a dead check. Certain like you know fucking um, dead checking is preferred in certain certain situations too. They they used to do that in the military. They go by if you just to make sure you're dead, because that's how you get hurt. Somebody that ain't dead that that fucking. Find a gun, you close by before they die. They want to kill you. Fuck that. We dead checking everything. Hey. Um, the you airborne. see the movies? They were like, go dead check. 
They brought in the Airborne Brigade, and this was kind of interesting because they, they said it was a lot of Black people on this on this team. So it was sort of that upgraded version. I feel like I'm missing something about, oh, no, here it is. Because 19, he starts recruiting folks. He starts, his his operation gets big. So uh, they start incorporating uh, guerrilla warfare. They make it difficult. But I, I'm going to push towards the recruiting process. You feel me? And, uh, and those were just the people that they were already talking to in other cities, right? I thought this was all the people. No, in let's city. Ta- yeah, let's count to twenty. You talk about black, okay? Um, he gets some medical students, cops. Oh uh, no, he had them. Yeah, yeah, the cops and shit. Yeah. yeah, and I said to myself, "Yo, like not just like street cops, detectives. So these people, they don't need this this headache. They get and they pay." But this also was the, I'm going to tell you right here. Chapter 19 is when I figured out Dawson was the was the fucking right, <laughs> because the fact that he made it into the police department but didn't get Dawson, I was like, yeah, Dawson is the right for this. This this chapter gave it away for me. But what what was it? Were you? I I didn't expect him to have to recruit it recruit outside the Cobras. What what caught your eye here, Rob? I found it. I found it interesting um, that they called out specifically him recruiting medical students. So for me, in my mind, I'm like, somebody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. He foresees somebody getting hurt. And, and I don't think it's going to be like anybody's going to be like one of his generals or lieutenants. Um, and he just want to have them kind of set up. I think it was 19. While I paid a little bit of attention to that, I paid quite a bit more attention to um, the general, the governor, the CIA governor coming back or the general, whatever he was. Yeah. The general. Yeah. Um, and then, now you, and you, but with the um, recruitment, you you have to have insiders yeah. with the with the um, yeah. police department, and but you're definitely gonna always need medical. Yeah. It's like like you ever heard about any gang? They always had somebody go to medical school, and they had somebody. They always had doctors on board when they you know, gang bang mafia. Every every gang make sure they had somebody because it, it it's inevitable. Like you can't you can't avoid getting hurt if you you're in war. Play. Like there's some like uh, I think uh, Al Capone's operation they had four medical suites in his basement, like fully surgical staff, nurses and everything, anesthesiologists, drugs yeah, I watch, and all. Um, what's his name? Red from, um, what's the name of the TV show? We're Red on that. We're Red. We're Reddington. Oh, no. But, oh, no uh, bro. Give me a second. Google that shit. I ain't come <laughs> But, uh, After recruiting, and I'm trying to okay, and the general is uh okay, and and our and our and our the homie queen comes back. The yes, queen Lord. comes back. I was so excited. I was so excited when the queen came the TV back. TV show called The Blacklist. The Blacklist. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, Raymond Redditon. That like yeah. he always made sure he had the full medical staff somewhere available for him, yeah, to take care of stuff in the secret so that nobody knows. The Dahomey Queen came back and I was he he immediately went, you know, cold red because he did not know how she found it. And the excuse she gave was pretty liable, but now I'm concerned because she's the rat. She was the one that gave Freeman up. Black, you say no? Oh, you thought that? That she gave him up? How else? Who how else did she just knew. Like, she knew it was him because, nigga, she, she fucking the dude who trained him. Remember, she came up there with him. Exactly. She came up so, that, yeah. 
she's uh, he's also paying her way. Yeah, but but he like he she was just trying to figure out make sure I, she that so who, she was who, updating who gave, Freeman on what was going on. Who gave Freeman up then? It was her. Nobody gave Freeman up. Bro. Nobody gave Dawson, Freeman up. Dawson, Dawson, how did Dawson found Dawson didn't figure Dawson out. Dawson had a no. He did. Well, he did. Dawson, did he not, Dawson was Dawson was intelligent and Dawson is from the hood too. Yeah, so that's that's the only way he knew. It, nobody else Dawson, was going to know. But Dawson. I don't think Dawson could figure that shit out by so. All right, we're just spoiling you think this you out. think old girl was gonna you think old girl was gonna tell you yeah think she old wasn't girl gonna, was tell. gonna tell Dawson and, and she, she wouldn't tell the nigga that was playing she told life? the general and the general set Dawson up to take him no, down. I, I don't think so because I think if she would have told if she would have told uh, the general that it was Freeman, I think the government would have tried to bombard and kill that man. Yeah, trying to cut the snake did, off at the head. Did, yeah. Even if they did send Dawson, they would have been outside. The government's never yep. gonna just like just like the police. Police ain't gonna never send one person to do a job if they don't have a surrounding, you know, backup. Yeah. So when they when they, when they that code come in, he knew that's why he sent his homie. He was like, I'm, I sent my partner home. So his partner didn't even know yeah. where he was going. Yeah. So he was just trying to do it so that like you know what? I want to send a humble apology to all the black women. I definitely just threw y'all in the old people, man. Freeman played her right though. Freeman played her right though. He yeah, made sure yeah. he, he got all the information that she knew on who she was with. But she would have gave that shit to him even if he had. Even, he yeah, to play yeah. His, his distrust of her was so off putting to her because she was like, "I was gonna just tell you, I don't, you know, I was looking for you, but I was gonna tell." You. She she was definitely the one protective. So the generals here, shit's getting real. But then we have the meetup at the crib with Dawson. I'm just gonna put it out there. Right now to 20. You feel me? Hey, let's Hold up, before so, that, before that, before go, that. Go ahead, go ahead. Let's not forget the girl Joy shows up again. Oh, fuck her, man. She was she took her wig off and she went in the room. Next chapter. But that, I look, no, hear. no, no. But she 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 knew too. She almost knew too. Man, but, but that's he why he fucked her. her. He yeah, I'm saying, but that's why he fucked her because yeah. she knew she was figuring that shit out. She took her wig off next chapter. She's like, my I... husband like his job. <laughs> like, my husband lost and his then, job and everything. And then before before we get to Dawson, we also want to, because we're going to spend a bit of time on Dawson, we also want to highlight that in chapter 20, uh, Freeman gave the green light to Oakland, LA, Harlem, and Philly. Yeah. He, he, and that's he just to spread out, the, that, that's to spread out all the military that was coming to Chicago. So, it, yeah. Yeah. like, they already at war. So they got to put as many people as they can on this one thing. But now that they open it up everything else, we got to separate these people more. So you got smaller groups to kill. No, definitely. It, the This is now a full-on war. This is this is a civil war. Well, not a civil war. This is a people versus the government. And it's Vietnam in America. And it's kind of funny because uh, it's a group of people overseas being oppressed by our people. And it's our own people being oppressed by our own government. Our government is doing double taxing. Dude, it's, it's a great parallel for the Vietnam War. Uh, you know what? Who which one y'all want to take this, Rob or Black, for this Dawson? Go ahead. Because I feel like Black been want to talk about Dawson since like Dawson, uh, yeah. the second meet. <laughs> yeah, back in back <laughs> since chapter uh, the first episode, Black has been ready to talk about Dawson because I said it. I, I'm gonna pull the records. I know I said I'm like Dawson's gonna be the one that fucks this up, and, and I probably yeah. made a face. It it, it it bothers me. It bothers me because Freeman couldn't, as for as great as Freeman was, he couldn't see his past his own shit. Like, how did now, he, he not? Knew, like, he knew, like, because he, he was trying to get him on, but he knew he couldn't get him on board. So he like got, yeah. you know, now he got to move a little. Like, but it wasn't up to him. Like that dude figured that out because. But do- why not kill Dawson earlier? Shit. Why not kill Dawson earlier? 
You killing all these other people. I ain't no telling who Dawson, who would have replaced Dawson though. It, it wouldn't have been somebody, but no, it would have been nobody smarter than Dawson. Dawson but was his greatest that was enemy. The, that was his way in, though. But like he, he had to use Dawson so he can know certain shit. Too though, like if he if it wasn't for Dawson, would have knew nothing about how the ride action was gonna be. Yeah. Like he he still had inside shit because he would talk to him as a friend. So he tell him like, yeah, so this was going on at work. When do you think Dawson found out? What what tipped Dawson off? What do you think tipped Dawson off? I feel like I feel like Dawson started to put everything together where he was like, okay, I know this dude was in CIA, so I'm pretty sure he got some elite training, right? Mm-hmm. All this stuff didn't start happening. The brother man came back. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was something that kind of made me say, like, it's sort of that, how does no one know Clark Kent is Superman just without glasses? Like, a dude from the CIA, uh, from the CIA with all this special training, moves to Chicago, and all of a sudden some covert shit starts happening? You mean to tell me nobody put two and two? This is just further proof of what the Freeman said. They don't expect black people. Mm-hmm. They, we the best field agents you've ever seen. No one's looking for us. The fact that they were able to steal uniforms at a predominantly white job and still be looked at, oh, we have janitors. Obviously, this place has janitors. When they were moving the bomb, like they literally walked onto the streets in uniform. And they're like, oh, it makes perfect sense. They're janitors. They're moving cargo. Like, it's just baffling to me how much disrespect they give us. And it kills them every time. But I think Dawson found out Dawson found out once because of Freeman's infatuation with intelligence. Dawson was definitely following Freeman when he was making his rounds because Freeman only scouted the blocks he was going to hit next. Since his workers and Dawson had to have picked that up. Freeman never backtracked. Freeman never backtracked. He would at most he would send one of his street workers there but that was almost like him putting a pin saying we've conquered this territory i no longer mm-hmm. have to be there and dawson had to have seen that pattern no i don't think dawson seen that portion of it. i i think dawson just figured out because of who his friend was and how he spoke to him because you know, they talked about it too like they talked about that shit um what some chapters ago when they yep. were in the car yeah you're like damn you like he like you don't see that like how uh, shit going on you ain't like when he told him like you ain't got promoted yet. All mm-hmm. the team was just trying to put that in him. Then he was like, okay, he got here and that shit going on. It wasn't so much that. Yeah, that is like, true. He, he, he did kind of foreshadow it to him. Yeah, but he didn't but really you, know. But, like, he didn't really know. Dawson ain't really know. That's why he went by himself to make sure. Mm-hmm. He was like, he, he just had a hint, you know, like all right, I got a little thing that it might be him. But then he go in, he find a gun, and all that extra shit. He didn't have no warrant. But he, he said walked in that man's crib. He said it was martial law, so they didn't need yeah. one. It, yeah. That okay, so he's in the he's in the room. Do you play this well, differently? Was there. Like you, you called dead thrice. Is there any way that you that Freeman gets out of here without having to kill Dawson? No. He gonna go to jail. Especially off the strength that Dawson, like nobody knows Dawson is there. Da- but uh, that's, he the, said, that's the middle of the conversation. He mentions that Dawson uh when his body's found? Uh, no, no, no uh, that like Dawson. Dawson was too like too up uptight to yeah. not have told someone he was coming here. No, so, remember he told his partner that he he told his partner, heart. but he but Freeman was convinced that someone knew he was coming here at least. I don't think so, and and, and I, I say that because let's say let's say 
let's say I got a hunch about one of my boys, right? Or one of my brothers. I'm going to talk to him one-on-one. I'm not going to tell nobody. Man, him going to have a conversation. And then based on that conversation, I may lean to somebody else and be like, hey, look, this is a situation. So mm-hmm. I feel like if, with if Dawson, they were like, like that. I ain't cut yeah. like that. If I found out, I'm going to be like, all right, cool. Do your thing. Because only, like, see, Dawson was more so scared of it affecting how he lived, not affecting yeah. how the people live. Yeah. Like, he, he faked like he, he cared about the people, but nigga, you see what they were doing to the people doing the rides. You know it ain't about, you know, they don't give a fuck about him. He just wanted to maintain his lifestyle. His status. But, d- but did Dawson draw the weapon when the dogs were being brought out? It's such nothing, no. I, I thought it, I thought it don't, was. Don't Al Sharpton go out there every day? They don't mean a damn thing. I don't know. It, it's, it's just I. I want if I could punch Dawson in the in judo chop his ass, I would too. Like he just he, he his inability to see the greater good. It really hindered me. And the he wasn't even like Black Panther though. Like he he, he yeah. had a plan to make he it. Didn't have he didn't have a plan. To make, he just wanted, he just wanted to, to make cool. he wanted to be where he was. He didn't yeah. give a fuck about nobody. It's else. a it's it, this is a it, man, that's a great analogy, Black. This is Black Panther, but Killmonger doesn't care about all the shit that happened 200 years ago. He just want mm-hmm. he just wants to stay in Wakanda. Like, hey, I'm good with this shit. But but you trying to be a hero, I ain't gonna stand for that. You can't be the hero. I don't want to be the villain, but you're not about to be here. So, Freeman is shot. He's bleeding out. He calls the boys, all the generals, basically. And they have a great discussion about how, damn, you just killed your homeboy. And Freeman looked this man square in the face. He looked Willie in the face. And you might have to someday, too. Mm Mm-hmm. That was right there, the passing of the torch. You have now seen the ultimate hacker. For too long in this story, I felt like Freeman was relying heavily on the, the, the Cobras to act. This was the first time Freeman got his hands dirty. And he he, he Well, the this ultimate. isn't the first time. Remember, no, when Stud, the smoke motherfucker. Yeah, when, when Stud, when him and Stud went on the mission, they was going crazy. Oh, yeah, oh, that oh yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. But I don't if I didn't know if Freeman got the confirms or Stud got the confirms. No, they both they both smoke motherfuckers. Okay, okay. But they had they had to draw attention in different places, you know what okay, I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. So but but for the for what it's worth, like get your hands dirty, like take out your brother for the yeah. cause. That's right. just a nigga you knew. Everybody <laughs> Hey, hold on, but he clearly called do you think he, out of everybody, do you, would it not be fair to say he literally said Dawson could replace him in the in a different situation. No, that's no, I'm saying if if Dawson was down for for the people, but he wasn't. So now he got to replace fucking the other dead I, people. Do you think it's possible someone that shallow to get that close to Freeman though? He knows they grew him. up together. They grew up together. So Remember feel, they mentioned they mentioned they used to fight when they was kids in different yeah. in different games. Hey, they, you know what? And that's true. They did. Hey, that's this book has been foreshadowed since the beginning. Like mm-hmm. they did mention that they were in a different game. I hate this fucking book. <laughs> this book, is cold. This book, this book is, cold. is cold. It's really, it's really, it really lands a lot of punches on me. So he kills him. He's sitting there. They put him in the mailbag. He's sitting there. The the foreshadowing of the song, God bless the children. Freeman dies here, right? They don't say it definitively, but he definitely bleeds out. Yep. Because it's a, he hardly hurts at all. 
That's yeah. the question I don't want. You, you, you did. Um, and there's so many questions that went through my mind. Why bring up the fact that you have medical students? Like, why weren't they brought into the picture? But I think, like, he knew he had a limited amount of time. Like, Black, if they brought gets, one. They brought uh, one. They brought dude over there. But he probably was, oh, yeah, he was like, yeah, game over. Like, I mean, if you know the extent of your injuries, you know it's game over. So him to bring all the generals, to give Willie that final blessing of bold of confidence, you're the leader. You take on this new trip. It's a, it's very, it's, it was a but, very somber ending. Remember, like, uh, uh, for, for the most part, Freeman wasn't really the leader. Yeah, he was, he was all. He was, yeah, he was always, yeah, he basically always a war advisor. So he was sitting at the table being a general and, and grooming. You know how most, like they groom the prince to become, the, you know, the king? That's all it was the whole time. He's just grooming him because he's seen it before, or, you know, done it before. And the stuff that he learned in the military, like I'm going to teach y'all all this stuff and then you take over. Do you think in this alternate universe, let's, let's talk future, that they succeed? The revolution was televised and they gain, acquired freedom, freedom in this. Well, before we go into that, I thought that Stud was going to be a leader and Willie, Pretty Willie was just taking over the D.C. fraction. Stud is an enforcer. I don't see Stud being a leader. He's too aggressive. No, but he's learning the way, like, Freeman teaching him. So it's not like he's not learning yeah. how to move out there. He's learning how to fucking move out there. So it's, so when it comes to war, he's going to be the war advisor like he was warlord or whatnot. This is how we're going to move with that. And then you got the business preparation. You got this, how we're going to move with that. You got people that do different shit. And you got the money. That's how we're going to move and make this money. We're going to use this money to do certain shit so we can keep getting money. And then we can eventually get all legal money. Because nobody, nobody ever wanted to game bang and sell drugs forever. They were all, like Most motherfuckers mm-hmm. wanted to make more money. Because the money, like you can make money in drugs, but you can make so much money illegally, legally. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all the money that and these established, motherfuckers and make illegally. gangster. There's two types yeah. of gangsters. There's gangsters who have to get money from the people, and there's people who are paid to give take money from the people. Like there's an established gangster hierarchy. Um, was what else did you push, Bob? Rob? No, I think I think that was it. Now we can talk. We we could we, we could chat on that point that you mentioned. Um, the question. Black, bring your ass back here because I need to know if you think uh, they succeeded. <laughs> oh no, I'm here. I'm I'm here. Oh, like for, did for they the most succeed? Part. See how they ended? It was just like like they were gonna make a part two, or like you see, like a, in the, in the movie they have like what goes on after. They be like Freeman died, and so and so. Let me okay. Jeremiah's about to join. Oh no, Jeremiah's trying. So they like no, no. He just texted me. He was like, you know how. I, when the movie ended, they got the credits like Freeman died. They had a little word like Freeman yeah. died a, a couple of days later from the gunshot wound. So and so took over. Eventually, everything moved on. It had been like a everything slowed up, and it it, it got to where we at now, basically. Because I don't know like how far would have win? Who would have helped out? So either we the fucking took over like Planet of the Apes, or fucking we all got wiped out. The question then, uh, Rob, what do you think? I think um, so. When when Freeman kill when Freeman kill um, Dawson, it kind of reminded me of this passage that I was reading about Nat Turner. Um, I was reading this article, and it basically said he lined up a thousand slaves, right? And he said, "Who wants to be free?" And a thousand of them stepped forward. And then his second question was, "Of you know, who's willing to do whatever it takes to become truly become free?" 
and only 900 people stepped up further. And he was like, the first thing we got to do is kill these 100 that don't, that don't want to do whatever it takes to be free because they can be detrimental to the, to the movement. A lot of people talk about Harriet Tubman and how she did all things, but Harriet Tubman was a ruthless woman. A lot of people don't know this about Harry Tubman. I ain't gonna if say she was ruthless. She was just out to get like okay. She had no, one job. You I mean, get but, that job done. but I'm I'm talking about in the extent of how she got that job done. She would literally murder you on the spot if you held her saving you up. Like if you weren't prepared. If she was like, hey, you need to have this with you. This is the amount of stuff. Like I, the way I love the way it was described in this article because I don't know if you guys have seen the transporter. But basically, oh, yeah. the opening scene of the transporter, he was like, I thought you said it was going to be three guys, and the, mm-hmm. it was going to be 100 kilograms. Yeah, and the way that it's like, it's four of us now. And he's like, I'm not leaving until y'all get this shit right. And you have about 30 seconds till the escape window is gone. And he was like, I'm, I have plausible deniability. You guys have guns. I don't. I'm just sitting in the car. I will literally say you guys kidnapped me, and that's the end of the shit. So... Her ability to be like, no, if you do not get this right, if you do not, if you are not in shape to make this journey, if you didn't like prepare yourself, I will leave you to die because I'm not going to sacrifice the lives of the future for you. So, because you know, you know, if you at least know where we about to go, exactly. So if you don't make it to that, nigga, you got to yeah, die. Exactly. If you can't make it to freedom, then you're not going to make it anywhere. So, I think that's Nat Turner's phrase is such a great one because. It's, this story is littered with people fucking up the movement, and we see it today. And I call them the 2.0 black people, the woke 2.0 black people. They just can't help them fuck their fucks up. Like, we, we're, the election's in two days, and I literally have people telling me, yeah, Biden and Trump are the same. And I'm like, really, dog? That, that's that, kills, that, that kills me. Like, like, you have so many examples of why... How many how many KKK members kids are not racist? <laughs> like that there's no direct kid that don't have at least a certain amount of racism in them. Yeah. Maybe a g- couple generations down. But my yeah. nigga Trump daddy was in the KKK. Ain't no fucking way he wasn't raising his son. Like you see the kid when you watch the um 42 movie about um the first the first black um baseball player. Yeah, the little boy was right there yeah, in Cleveland. So so they like um they all screaming, nigga, nigga. And then little boy looking like, damn, what's going on right here? Yeah. He's like, get out of here, nigga. And he fucking joining. No, That's who we're looking yeah, yeah, it's baffling to me. And, and it be the weirdest people, too. Because it be the people who be oppressed. Like, I'll be like, bro, my guy. Your <laughs> the talking point. That's what, the talking points is what killed me. They're like, yeah. he signed up, he, you know, he signed three the three-strike rule. Like, nigga, your parents oh. begged for that. Yeah. Like, 75% like of black people back then agreed. Yeah. The black congressional caucus agreed to that. Bill Clinton agreed to that. My my political lord and savior, Bernie Sanders, signed that shit. Like, it, we, you were literally dealing with a group of people who had never seen a drug take control of a group of people in their life. Like, it was... Crack was like everybody talk about the opioid crisis. Now multiply that shit by ten. Crack, crack and heroin, but and then even back then, Bernie said this is not all we need to do. Yeah, we need to mm-hmm. do more to improve that. Bernie, Bernie but, said, but at the same time, black people love that shit. That's what they fall for. That's why I said you got to blame the older generation because they gave up on their own people. No, absolutely. They, just, they were just okay with like you know let's stop just trying to do whatever we can. Fuck what kids they and got. And furthermore, a bill doesn't send people to jail. It's the people who enforce the bill. 
police systemically since day one have had it out for black people. So as even though I could go across the street right now to Milliard's house, which is an old 65-year-old lady and put crack cocaine on her desk, if they find if they heard she has crack and I have weed, they're coming to my house first. It don't matter. If they go arrest us both, but they gonna come get my ass first. <laughs> and that's I try to go be less. They gonna lock up. Remember, they co- cocaine was different from crack back then. Oh, yeah, now you go to jail for coke, you be okay. But you go to jail for crack. Oh yeah, that's getting the book. That's crazy. The book. And, and and what's the ingredient different difference, but? <laughs> <laughs> so page out his book. Yeah, the, the cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the yeah, dynamics of it. What do you? I'm okay, and I'll have to give the book kudos for this. It constantly um, the representation for the two prominent black women in this story, and their their dualities, how they were still the sexual object to Freeman, but he had a clear disrespect for one, and it wouldn't be the one you think. Uh, can you speak a little bit to the to homie queen herself, Rob? I think. I think um, what Freeman, in my perspective, what he what he appreciated about the Dahomey Queen is she was herself and she knew what she was doing and she had a plan or a vision as opposed to, I feel like, how he viewed Joy, which is the other girl, was a married Just woman. And she lost a se- yeah, she lost her sense of individuality to do what for her parents wanted her to do. You know what I mean? She That's only she was, was with that dude because her parents kind of in, ingrained that in a matter you should have a man like that. And I mean, we see how that turned out. He ended up unemployed at the end of the book. Out here struggling. Um, the the dualities of uh, Black, if I could ask you, the dualities of the Freeman versus, if you remember back to the beginning, Somerville. Hmm. Can we talk about just the duality of these two characters, how we had this one docile creature who's who fit in, did everything right, and he survived. He He's alive right now. We know this. Versus Freeman, who fought the good fight, gained ground, but he died. These two black men are not equal. Who was right, though? Well, we all know Freeman was right. Like, I'm not going to be like, this dude, Somerville, was the man or nothing. He was just... He's just getting by. A lot of people just get by, bro. That's their main thing. I'm, I need to get by. You know what I mean? And they don't care what goes on. It's and it's not a it's not a trap. You know, me, uh, Rob might be out here doing front flips and knocking people down with sniper rifles. Hey, and I will cheer Rob on. I will make sure I will sing his praises. But I'm not about to be on rooftops jumping from street light to street light. There's certain. You pick certain people to fight certain battles. If I need help with my taxes or something, I'm calling JB. Uh, that, you, call, you call Rob. Well, you call JB. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I, Rob, uh, J, JB does uh, insurance. He works for State Farm. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying Rob uh, accountant. So I call Rob to hit me up with the tax. But if Rob needs stitches, I don't expect him to go to black. Like, I'm just like, that's just... <laughs> I'll go look. to black if I if I want somebody to give them to me. <laughs> hey, go ahead, hit me on time. I, I, you know, I, I know how to stitch a motherfucker up, bro. I did pink hill training. I done blew a pig up and kept that bitch alive. That's a that's what do you what did y'all use for the respirators? Oh no, for pink hill we just keep them alive. Just all, okay. all the shit that we have okay. in our in our in our backpack or whatnot. Okay. So we we patch you up, shit like that. They, what they do is drug the pig up and then they blow that bitch up. Mm-hmm. They shoot that motherfucker. 
and then we just keep it alive. And the pigs so close to us, so I, we, our pigs stay alive the longer. They have to actually go kill our pig yeah. at the end of it. I was always proud of that. I was keep, able to keep my pig alive. They used they took a lung from my pig, and he still did. I was like, y'all not killing my pig. I don't give a fuck. This pig um, was no joke. So y'all, so y'all like what they what they dope y'all y'all pigs up with? Because I don't know what they dope. It, it happened so, like crack. So we had. <laughs> Hey, we literally would give enough. We would give enough like adrenaline and uh, epinephrine and uh, everything to just keep this pig. But basically, we would give enough to like put down an elephant. Like, but uh, we used a lot of sulfur, uh, sulfur uh, ionized gases. So we would use like respirators. So we would be able to put them to sleep with every breath and just keep them under light sleep. But when their pain threshold got too high, we would use like methadone or uh, morphine to like numb them out completely. So uh, another one that we like to use is uh, we'll titrate it, but like mostly those two things. Like you want the gas to keep them asleep and the medicine to stop the pain. You don't want them to do the same thing. Yeah. But um, that was our TED talk on keeping pigs alive, guys. Uh <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't have much else to talk about. I was, I'm just like, there's a part of me that's like, I, I want to fight. Uh, I, I want to get out there and fight. But this 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 book hit really close to home. And there was something, I, I mean, I'll say this outright. When I first, you know, joined this book club, I wasn't really expecting to see, hit, have some shit hit so close to home. Like, to see the future, the past repeat itself. Like, people have already figured this out for us. And for some reason, we're not able to enact it. And I feel like in the next few books we read, we're going to start figuring out what the fuck are we missing to get this shit done. Um, well, basically, the few books that, that, that were suggested are basically that. Those it, books, the books that yeah. were suggested was the books of, to get shit done versus like pretty much everything Havel is going to suggest is going to be of that nature. The mm-hmm. You know, the um, the betterment of ourselves. So he got a lot of books and stuff like that to read. I got an actual dictionary for y'all too. It's a lot of stuff that hey, like that's why I can't wait. I told his that like, man, you need to be in, you know, come to this meeting because he read this book, so he was like, he just joined on the next one that he ain't read or something like that. But I'm like, you need to really be in, in bring your input in, so because there's a lot of stuff that he will know that he can tell us. No, definitely. Hey, did you have any last words on the book? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, I guess we could give it an unceremonious uh, score. Uh, uh, I'll have a weird, I have a weird rating system where it's like, you know. <laughs> My thing is like if I if I had already seen the movie and I read my own review, would I reread the book or like finish the book? And I feel like I would definitely finish this book. It was a good book. It was informative. I would read it. Short. What, short I, don't, what, I, what I don't like, what I don't like about books and most stories, is that the person that, that we always interested in the most never makes it out. You never see like the best part. On, I, on the black on the black end of them. Yeah. Because normally outside of Black Panther, outside yeah. of Black Panther, the movie that was the only yeah. yeah. No, yeah, but, he, but in but, real life, they he, took it from know. us. Yeah. But what do you think, Black? I mean, uh, Rob, what do you want to rate this as? What is your final thoughts on this book? So for me, if I had to, honestly, this is probably the best book I've ever read in my life, honestly. Because for me, when I started in, in my profession, I dealt with imposter syndrome a lot. And this book touches on it time and time again. And it basically shows like you can elevate yourself and still be close and tied to your people. You know what I mean? You can do them both. Now, I'm not going to be out here uh, farming a militia, <laughs> but 
there is a lot of stuff that I've picked up that I can take back to my community. Definitely, definitely. But like, you know, that's that's kind of what I wanted to do. Like when I as I got in the military, I wanted to come home and train people to do everything. But when I got back, I'm like, they mind ain't ready for shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not about to train these niggas to do nothing or try to train them to anything when they fucking gonna go out and do dumb shit to each other. Yep. No, definitely. It it, it it's it's painful to think about how. Even I have a contest right now about if you share one of my videos with me and a friend, I'm gonna give you two hundred dollars. And literally, people are saying, "Oh, can I just be on the list?" And it's just like, "Motherfucker, it's, it's social." Damn, media. they just want to. Damn, yeah, it's, 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 it's social media. It's but like share a video because I know I'm a win. It's only three. <laughs> hey, there's only seven people on the list. Go on, share the video. Yeah. It's low, but like. It, it further speaks to like you're saying my dad you know we all know about you can't bring a horse to a river but you can't force a drink but my dad always had a weird twist on that story he said you can force the horse to drink and i was like how he's like drown that bitch you might not have a horse no more but if you couldn't get the horse to do what you needed to you probably didn't need the horse anyway hey that's what freeman did to dawson he drowned